A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Unfortunately, Blue State Democrats seem to have a problem getting that message. Uh, welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. So glad you joined the program today. We are going to be talking about the uh, Blue State reaction to the Bruin decision. It's coming fast and furious. Lawmakers in California uh, set to approve new restrictions on the right to carry uh, perhaps as early as today. Governor Kathy Hochul calling lawmakers into a special session in Albany on Thursday to pass uh, more gun control legislation. Remember, the state of New York just passed uh, multiple gun bills just a few weeks ago in response to the shooting in Buffalo, New York. Now they are not responding to the act of a violent criminal. Now they are responding to the Supreme Court acknowledging our right to lawfully bear arms in self-defense against murderous monsters like the one in Buffalo, New York. Yeah, Kathy Hochul and uh, her Blue State compatriots are doing everything they can to undermine the court's decision. I won't even say that they're paying a lot of respect to the letter of the law while violating the spirit of the law uh, because they are broadly ignoring what Justice Clarence Thomas had to say about the scope of the right to carry that is protected by the Second Amendment. The uh, New York Times has a big write-up today on how these uh, blue states are responding and reacting. They say that uh, Kathy Hochul started talking with uh, her fellow Democrats several months ago, long before the uh, outcome of the Bruin decision was known, and that, uh, quote, uh, by the time Justice Clarence Thomas's opinion was published last week, Ms. Hochul and leaders in both houses were prepared with ideas such as placing a broad array of, quote, sensitive places off limits, making the permitting process more arduous and raising the hurdle for permit renewals. Hochul said on Friday, we have a plan that's legislatively sound. And now we talk to the leaders and our partners in the assembly and the Senate to come up with what we believe will be a very strong piece of legislation. Yeah, legislatively sound, not constitutionally sound. Because, again, a broad array of sensitive places being off limits to the right to carry violates our right to bear arms in self-defense, as we will get to here uh, in a moment, because I want to actually quote from Clarence Thomas's opinion. But I want you to hear about how far these blue state Democrats are ready to go. Hochul has suggested barring guns from schools, places of worship and events attended by a certain number of people. She's also said that the state might ban guns from businesses as a default, making exceptions for those who affirm that they want guns on their property. And she said that training and storage requirements might also be on the table for those seeking permits. I would anticipate there would be a training requirement. Oddly enough, there's really not one in uh, at least in New York City uh, permitting laws. But again, the idea that we're going to take all private spaces, all private businesses, and tell private property owners, hey, you must ban guns unless you specifically allow them. That is in direct contradiction to what Clarence Thomas said in the Bruin decision about these broad bans on carrying, that the state cannot do that. And again, Hochul, and it's not just Hochul, uh, don't really seem to give a damn what the Supreme Court has to say here. In New Jersey, Governor Murphy 
uh, is also, quote, looking to create a default rule that guns cannot be carried onto private property unless the owner expressly communicates permission, quote, whether that's a shopping mall or a supermarket or a private home or a house of worship. Now, oddly enough, Murphy also has specific places that he wants to ban. He wants, again, that blanket ban on all private businesses, you carrying lawfully and all private businesses. But specifically, he also wants to make it extra illegal, I guess, to carry a firearm in a restaurant in which alcohol is served, uh, daycare centers, hospitals, uh, long-term care facilities. Again, I don't know why he bothers to uh, 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 you know, specify these places when he's going for a blanket ban on the lawful carrying of firearms in all private businesses. I guess those are locations where you're not even allowed to opt in to recognizing the right to bear arms, right? If you have a restaurant in which you're serving alcohol, and by the way, one of the best things about New Jersey, the diners there, many of them have their liquor license, uh, you would basically be told you're a, a felon. Even if you are lawfully uh, carrying a firearm, you've got your valid concealed carry license. If you go into a diner at two o'clock in the morning and you have, you know, your late night uh, steak, fries and gravy, which was my wife's favorite dish when uh, she was growing up in New Jersey, we'd go to the diners late at night. You could be again, a felon. If you have your fire on you, and not even if you drink, which by the way, may also cause some problems. But again, this is what the Democrats are trying to do here. The Supreme Court has said, you have a right to carry. It's a real right. The state cannot broadly expand the definition of sensitive places to the point that you can't carry anywhere. And yet that's exactly what New York and New Jersey are trying to do. But they're not stopping there. They're not stopping with trying to limit where people can carry. They are still trying to place new restrictions on who can carry. The New York Times reports that New York's considering asking more questions about applicants' personal histories to ensure that those who have harmed others or engaged in other questionable behavior could be barred from carrying guns. But some legislators, they note, are concerned that if not written carefully, these restrictions could perpetuate, just perpetuate, by the way, discrimination and gun permitting, which is an acknowledgement, by the way, if you're perpetuating something, that means you're continuing something, right? So if you are perpetuating discrimination, in the permitting process, that means that some of those Democrats have actually acknowledged that, yes, the current permitting process is, in fact, discriminatory. But here's the thing. I don't think that there is a way that they can write this law that is not going to end up having a disproportionate impact on New Yorkers who are poor or working class, New Yorkers who live in urban areas. Uh, and yes, New Yorkers who are minorities, particularly young minority men. I don't think that there's a way that they can write this uh, new restriction, which is still, again, designed to prevent as many people as possible from exercising their right to bear arms and not have this fall disproportionately, again, on those underserved communities, communities who are trying so hard to be able to access their right to keep and bear arms. How about this? Assemblywoman Amy Pollan of Westchester wants to uh, impose a mental health screening for every would-be concealed carry holder, including, by the way, when they get their concealed carry licenses renewed. 
She said, quote, the guns that were used for some of the mass shootings were legally purchased. If you just have to state that you're mentally fit, it's a not a good enough standard to have somebody carry that gun in front of my house. What other rights are preconditioned on a mental health assessment? None is the answer. None. None, none of our rights are preconditioned on a mental health assessment. You, I, just out of curiosity, has Amy Pollan been on the Internet lately? Because you can say some crazy stuff on the internet. I mean, bat, guano, crazy on the internet. You don't lose your First Amendment rights. So why on, well, I know why. There's no, 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 no reason to ask why Pollen believes that individuals should be subject to a mental health test before they can exercise their Second Amendment rights. She doesn't see the right to keep and bear arms as a right. She still continues to see it as a privilege to be doled out to a favored few by the state government or the county governments there uh, in New York State. In New Jersey, Matthew Platkin, the state's acting attorney general, says that uh, handgun owners might also have to obtain insurance to carry a firearm in public. He said, uh, quote, it's something that's been discussed. I'll defer to the legislative process. But as you know, with automobiles, that's a similar concept. Yeah, the Constitution is silent on your right to own transportation, right? You have the right to engage in interstate commerce. That presumes a right to travel. Um, but a requirement that one be insured, which, by the way, insurance doesn't cover criminal acts. You know, San Jose, California, which has imposed this insurance requirement on gun owners that's set to take effect in August and is currently being challenged in court. Um, They've realized that, oh, oh, this only covers accidental shootings because you can't buy insurance to cover a criminal act. So what is this really about? Again, it is about making it more difficult for the average resident of San Jose, of the state of New Jersey, or anywhere else that tries to put these uh, provisions in place, making it more difficult for them to access a civil right. And they're proud of this. They are proud of doing everything they can to serve as a barrier between you and your right to bear arms in self-defense. It's absolutely disgusting. Now, again, it also clearly runs afoul of what Justice Clarence Thomas wrote in the Bruin decision. I want to quote from a couple of places in Bruin. Uh, first, uh, Justice Thomas talked about uh, New York, uh, again, trying to just broadly declare, uh, I think he used a little bit of hyperbole, uh, the, the island of Manhattan, uh, a sensitive place. And so that's not going to work. He said, quote, by expanding or but expanding the category of sensitive places simply to all places of public congregation that are not isolated from law enforcement defines the category of sensitive places too broadly. The respondent's argument would, in effect, exempt cities from the Second Amendment and would eviscerate the general right to publicly carry arms for self-defense. Put simply, there is no historical basis for New York to effectively declare that the island of Manhattan a sensitive place simply because it is crowded and protected generally by the New York City Police Department. Now, think about Think about the provisions that Kathy Hochul and, and Phil Murphy want to put in place. Again, this blanket ban on carrying in all private businesses, regardless of, in many cases, what the gun owner or what the business owner wants, right? But, but imposing that blanket ban and then uh, telling business owners, well, you can opt in and allow carry. 
Let's go back to what Justice Thomas said, that this would, in effect, exempt cities from the Second Amendment and would eviscerate the general right to publicly carry arms for self-defense. He also said in the Heller decision that, quote, throughout modern Anglo-American history, the right to keep and bear arms in public has traditionally been subject to well-defined restrictions governing the intent for which one could carry arms, the manner of carry, or the, quote, exceptional circumstances under which one could not carry arms, right? So he talks about the intent. If you are, uh, and he writes about this in the, in the Bruin decision at length, if you are uh, armed with the intent to terrorize, armed with the intent to, uh, to cause people to freak out, that can be a crime, right? And we, and we actually have laws like this in the books. Everything, you know, from brandishing to look at what happened to the McCloskeys in uh, Missouri when they were charged with unlawful use of a weapon for displaying their firearms outside of their home. Um, but those types of laws that say, listen, you cannot carry with the intent to terrorize as opposed to with the intent to protect yourself and your life. Thomas suggests that those laws that, again, specifically talk about the intention behind carrying um, may be constitutional. But he also points out that the manner of carry could be regulated, but not restricted entirely. You know, there are statutes that are discussed in the Bruin case, dating back to the 1800s, where state legislators said uh, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, but nothing herein shall uh, bar the legislature from uh, prescribing or regulating the manner of carrying. And in the 18th century, uh, the onus was really on those who wanted to carry concealed, right? That was seen as unusual and weird and dangerous. And, and, and you wanted to, you know, the, the, the sort of the standard was open carry. Today, it's kind of the opposite. The standard is really concealed carry. Open carry is more of the outlier. And what Justice Thomas has said is, I mean, look, states could say we're going to ban concealed carry, but they have to allow open carry. Or they could ban open carry, but they have to allow concealed carry. But either way, there is, again, a general right to bear arms in public for the purposes of self-defense. And nothing that Thomas talks about in terms of, well, yeah, these longstanding laws might be okay. Nothing changes that fact. And again, when he talks about the restrictions on where individuals could carry, he describes those circumstances as, quote, exceptional, exceptional circumstances. In other words, in the vast majority of places that are open and available to the general public, the right to carry must exist. If it does not, you're violating people's constitutional rights. And so what are Hochul and Murphy, Gavin, Gavin Newsom in uh, Colorado, or Colorado, and uh, uh, California? Jared Polis in Colorado has actually been pretty quiet on this. Hmm, wonder why. Uh, but uh, Gavin Newsom in California, um, you know, the uh, Charlie Baker, even in Massachusetts, you know, all of these blue state Democrats and I guess one blue state Republican are willfully ignoring what the court has said. They are focusing only on that good cause standard, right? Okay, we're going to get that good cause language out of here. The justifiable need. Okay, fine. You don't have to prove a justifiable need. But we're going to ignore everything else that Clarence Thomas said 
and that the Supreme Court agreed with in the Bruin decision in their reaction. You know, this is a critically important decision, and I, I don't want what's happening here to take away from the importance of this decision. But it is not going to be the last word from the Supreme Court when it comes to our right to keep and bear arms. The anti-gun Democrats have made that perfectly clear. They're going to continue to do everything within their power, and they're going to continue to do a lot of things that they don't have the power to do, to deprive the average resident of their state of their constitutionally protected right to keep and bear arms. Rather than settling this issue, the Supreme Court decision has really supercharged this issue. And, you know, I've done a lot of interviews over this week, um, actually since the Bruin decision came down last Thursday. And I can tell you, I've had, you know, so many folks say, all right, well, we're, we're kind of done now, right? I mean, like all the big questions have been answered. Mm-mm. No. If the Antigun politicians actually accepted what the court said, maybe that'd be the case, but they have not. And they will not. Not at any time in the near future. So our fight continues, and it has become more critically important uh, than I think even before the Bruin decision came down that we remain engaged and involved, that we support these organizations that are bringing these challenges. Uh, and there's going to be a, a flurry of them, new challenges coming. Challenging every one of these provisions that so squarely fly in the face of the Bruin decision. Um, it, it, it's coming. We know that it's coming. And we know that we're going to haul them into court. And, uh, you know, I, it's not going to be as fast as I would like, honestly. But justice is coming. And these politicians, they're not just on the wrong side of the Constitution. They're on the wrong side of history. They're on the wrong side of the right of self-defense. They are on the wrong side of law-abiding citizens. And, uh, yeah, these challenges that are coming, hopefully, hopefully, uh, and eventually, these anti-rights Democrats finally realize and understand that they cannot deprive the average citizen of the right to keep and bear arms. Not without being hauled into court, not without losing that case, not without spending taxpayer dollars, not that they care about that. But we are not going away. Even, if, even, even once our rights are secure, Second Amendment activists are not going to fade into the woodwork. We will stand guard. We will be vigilant over any attempt to infringe on a right to keep and bear arms. And right now, frankly, um, there's a lot of that going around. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We will start there, Berkeley, California, where a man on probation has been charged with uh, robbing a woman, as well as uh, punching a uh, 70, I guess, well, robbing and punching a woman, and then uh, a 78-year-old man hit with a uh, construction hard hat. Uh, as it turns out, this suspect... Uh, on probation for some pretty serious crimes, a 34-year-old Chiazzo Onwosozi Jr. has now been charged with two felony counts, elder abuse and second-degree robbery. He's also charged with a misdemeanor count of vandalism under $400. And again, he was on probation after taking a plea bargain back in January of this year in a sexual battery case. Yeah. 
Um, according to authorities, it was back on January 31st when uh, Onwu Sozi was placed on probation after a plea bargain where he was arrested after touching a woman's chest as she stood in the doorway of a Berkeley apartment building. The victim, who was in her 20s, told police she was uh, told the man she was calling police. He then backed away. When officers arrived, they found him, uh, found him still outside the apartment building and arrested him. They also found uh, three uh, debit or credit cards in his possession that were not his. He was charged with sexual battery as well as fraudulent possession of personal information, both of which are misdemeanors, by the way. Uh, later that month, again, entered a no contest plea to a different minor char- misdemeanor charge, assault with force likely to produce great bodily injury, which, by the way, doesn't sound like that actually even fit the circumstances of the case, but I guess prosecutors in Berkeley just like to play fast and loose with the facts. He was convicted after entering that no contest plea. The other two charges were dismissed, and then he was placed on probation until January of next year. He also, by the way, has a prior felony conviction in May of 2012 for battery with injury on emergency personnel. He did serve at least a little time in prison for that offense. Since then, apparently, he's just been getting deal after deal after deal. Uh, Now, again, charged with two more felonies, being held without bail at the Santa Rita jail for violating probation, scheduled to enter a plea next week. I'd love to say that this is going to be the time that the California criminal justice system gets tough on a a violent offender, but um, I'm not holding my breath. Today's Armed Citizen Story, Philadelphia, PA, where uh, two suspects fatally shot during a home invasion. In South Philadelphia. This was um, on the uh, 1600 block of South 10th Street. Home invasion uh, Monday afternoon. A, a neighbor said, at first I thought it was a woman and that there were two intruders that were going to rob her. She said, but now I, I really have no idea what happened. Uh, as details emerged, according to CBS in Philadelphia, police say that it was two men who lived at the home who shot two others who tried to force their way inside. Uh, another neighbor, Mary Grace McHale, says, I'm thinking maybe it's time to move out. For something like this to happen in the middle of the afternoon, is like, I heard it was a robbery. If that's the true story or not, I'm not sure, but it's tough to take. Yeah, I, I would imagine. But again, with a soft-on-crime prosecutor like Larry Krasner, Philadelphia has become a much more dangerous place. Another neighbor, John Caruso, says, uh, you don't expect to see something like this in your own neighborhood. You see it in the news all the time. Unfortunately, this is really something out of the ordinary uh, uh, for the area. Um, one of those individuals, actually the one who was thinking about leaving, Mary Grace McHale, also said uh, she's thinking about buying a firearm. She said that maybe I should go buy a gun. At last report, the uh, individuals who live inside the home cooperating with the police, the uh, name of the men who were killed have not been released, but uh, at this point, again, This looks like this was a uh, case of self-defense there in South Philadelphia. We'll give you any details and further information uh, as it becomes available. Finally today, our good deed of the day, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, in Chula Vista, California. I I love this story. There's a woman named uh, Ileana Martin who was out shopping. Uh, She went to the grocery store, and uh, she got home, and she realized, oh, no. I left my purse. So she's scrambling, trying to cancel her credit cards, do everything she can. Meanwhile, a a teenager named Adrian Rodriguez had spotted the purse. And he said, my first thought was to give it back. I was debating whether I should take it back to the store or just bring it to her. And I just brought it. He had her information, obviously, because he could look at her ID and her purse. And there he is 
on the uh, ring doorbell that Ileana Martin owns, as he walked up to the house with the purse, he handed the purse to a relative, and then he left. He didn't stick around, didn't, you know, hey, I think maybe I get a couple of bucks for my trouble. No, he just, he did the right thing, and he went on his way. Uh, Martin's friend, Melina Marquez, was the one who said, you know what, we should find him so we can give him a little gratitude. And yesterday, the pair were able to meet Adrian Rodriguez and thank him in person. Marquez uh, telling uh, Adrian Martinez, I think it's an amazing thing what you did. And saying, as soon as I saw his actions, I was like, I hope my son grows up to be just like him. The values that his parents were teaching him, I'm just glad that he kept that. Uh, Adrian, for his part, says, I didn't expect none of this. I just did it just to do it. He said, I didn't expect anything back. Honestly, I just gave her her purse. He did. But again... It would have been really, and look, he did the right thing. But it would have been really easy in that case to do the wrong thing, right? No one's going to know. You just walk away. Maybe you don't even use the credit cards. But you take the cash that's inside. Uh, you know, finders keepers. That's not what happened. And uh, uh, Melina Marquez, who is the uh, friend of uh, Ileana Martin, who, who lost her purse, decided she wanted to do something special for uh, Adrian Martinez. And so she started a GoFundMe account. Fine young man raised by parents right. Uh, she said, my best friend went to Ralph's on East Palomar. And when she returned the shopping cart, she forgot her purse there. This young man brought it all the way to our house. And with everything in it, we're trying to reward him. My aunt opened the door and received it, but was confused and said, thank you. And came back inside. We think he deserved a great compensation. And since a lot of people wanted to help for his good actions, here we are. Please share so we can let the story be told. Uh, he was raised by amazing parents. And this needs to be told. Gives me hope for our next generation. And also never judge a book by its cover. She was hoping to raise $1,000. She kicked in 50 bucks herself. As of right now, as I'm recording this program, the GoFundMe is up to $2,840 for A.G. Martinez for doing the right thing. Now, again, that's not why he did it. Who knows if he's going to keep the money, maybe put it towards college, maybe put it towards a, a new car. Maybe he's going to donate it to, to somebody who, uh, who needs it. I don't know. But uh, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, and get it acknowledged for that, Adrian Martinez there in Chula, Kista, Chula Vista, California, we thank you for your very good deed. Oh, I wish I could thank New York Democrats for their very good deeds, but they're not doing good deeds at all these days. Not at all. Not when it comes to our right to keep and bear arms. And uh, it is, again, so critically important that you stay informed and engaged about what's going on right now. So I would encourage you to check out BarionArms.com throughout the day. We are constantly updating the site with the latest Second Amendment news and information that you need to know about. If you like what you see, I would also encourage you to become a VIP subscriber because your support does matter. It does make a difference to help us keep reporting the independent pro-Second Second Amendment journalism we do at Bearing Arms each and every day. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. We also have our VIP Gold live chat with Hot Air's Ed Morrissey coming up at 1.30 Eastern for all of our VIP Gold members. If you do want to become a VIP subscriber at Barry and Arms, just go to barryandarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your membership. And again, I really do appreciate your support. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Until we talk again, be well, be safe, and be free.